Retirement. That's what we're all aiming at, right? But exactly what does that mean? It conjures up visions of endless days of golf, drinks with little umbrellas in them on a tropical beach, feet up, reading a book. Is that what it's all about? I don't think so. Life would get pretty dull after a while without anything meaningful to do, don't you think? I'm Jackie Doucette, and I'm on a mission to discover exactly what life is like beyond retirement. Join me while I chat with people who've already done it, who've retired to something rather than from something. Let's find out together exactly what's waiting for us when we say goodbye to that nine to five. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond Retirement. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by Renee Jones. She's a counselor and a coach, and she broke her own 40-year diet yo-yo to reach her goal, and she's maintained it since 2012. She's a master's degree in counseling. She's got a clinical residency and training in both traditional and contemporary models of care. Thanks for joining me today, Renee. Thank you for having me. As you know, um, one of the themes that I'm focusing on this season is confidence, because mm-hmm. I think as we get older, sometimes we lose a bit of confidence in ourselves when really we should be gaining more as we age, I think, given all the hurdles and all the trials we overcome in our lives. Um, I've listened to your TED Talk, and I know that there are a lot of people who struggle with weight loss and yo-yo dieting. What do you hear most often as, they, uh, as their motivation to continue trying when they have so many failures? I think it is that sense of confidence and a healthy life. In fact, I did a a poll in a group uh, last month and I said, what are the two things you want from weight loss? And they said, either health or confidence or both. And it was like 90% said that and 10% said like six other things. So I think it's just that I have been working with this all of my life and I've never quite conquered it. This would be a great time to get it done. Right. So let's, let's step back a second because I jumped right into that without um, letting you introduce yourself (laughs) for once in a while. I forget that part. How did you get to where you are today? Let's hear a little bit about you and what, what drove you to uh, doing what you're doing now? Well, I think probably I always wanted to be a coach or a counselor. Um, I think about when I was growing up, I always wanted to get into really good conversations with people. Now, that's great uh, in your 30s and 40s, but as a 12-year-old, it tends to put people off, right? (laughs) I remember my father was my high school principal, and we got a new counselor, and I went by and I said, I'm the counselor's counselor. I just checked on her periodically. Um, but you know, I, I started on my first diet when I was 10 because I looked around and all the other little girls, the blondes and the brunettes were thin and I was not, and I was redheaded. And in the sixties and early seventies, that wasn't a plus, right? So my mother said, okay, you're a bit young, but let's see if we can get this sorted out. And the problem was that she wasn't very good at it either. She'd been on a diet all of her life and her mother before her and her mother before her. So, you know, I, I just thought this was the way it worked that you, you went on a diet for a while and you lost some weight and then you got off the diet and you regained the weight slowly. And then you thought, okay, now we got to get back on another diet. So when I was staring down my 50th birthday, 
I thought, this is crazy. I'm tired of doing this. I've got to figure this out. And I didn't do very well for about four months. And finally, I, I was standing in my closet and realized that nothing fit. Even my fat clothes were too small. And I thought, okay, we've got to do something different. And I got online and did some research and I found a lady who talked about emotional eating. And I thought, oh, that rings a bell. That resonates with me. So I went through her program and eventually hired her as my coach because I do so well with accountability, having someone to speak to, to say, are you on track or off? It's okay, whichever one, but let's figure out how to get you where you want to go. And the week before I turned 50, I actually hit my goal weight. And then it was like, okay, you've got these counseling skills. There are plenty of other people out there. Why don't we focus on that? So that's how I shifted my practice. Very nice. So I I know, I'm assuming a few of the people who are listening triggered a little bit when you said you started your first diet at 10. Mm. Because I know there's... There's a lot of discussion all around in many groups about how dieting and, and being the ideal weight is not the way to be, you know, teaching our kids and going through life and mm. you should be happy with where you are and who you are and not worrying about that. But there's more to it than just being happy with who you are. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I needed to be more healthy now. Let's recall this was the early 70s. Twiggy was a thing. Yeah. <laughs> that had just happened. And, you know, I recognized that I couldn't keep up with the other little girls. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I wasn't obese as such, but I was getting close. And it was not going to be healthy for me at that age to stay overweight. So, you know, I can't fault my mother because she was trying to help me. And it was oh, something yes. that, that I wanted. But yeah, now it would, of course, now there's so many children who are obese, young, that we need to be paying attention to their health and nutrition as a part of that. But, you know, too many happy meals doesn't make your body happy. No. And emotional eating doesn't mean eat the happy meal. Right. Yes. (laughs) So let's talk about that a little bit. You, you talked about emotional eating and, and how that's how you kind of found the light that was guiding you to your mm-hmm. better habits. Mm-hmm. What can you tell people about emotional eating and how to recognize the problem and, and correct it maybe? Well, emotional eating, I think, is anything, eating for any reason, reason other than hunger. And we learn it from birth. Because when a baby cries, we put something in their mouths, right? Whether it's the bottle or the breast or a pacifier, that is soothing. So it is a natural phenomenon. And as children grow older, they go to their nails or their thumb. And then later we end up going to donuts and pizza and that sort of thing. But natural is not always good. I mean, it it is perfectly natural to do it, but it doesn't help you if you then overeat. So emotional eating can be for good things or it can be for, you know, I'm bored, I'm depressed, um, I'm in lockdown in a pandemic and 
the kitchen is way too close to my home office and I don't know what to do. So let me go get something to chew on. And it, it just sort of um, keeps going. And that's where we get into a problem when it, when it begins to add to our waste in a way that is unhealthy, then we've got to do something about it. Right. I was thinking when you talked about, you know, things going into our mouth that that's, you know, just quintessentially the problem with people when they stop smoking. Yes. It's the same idea. It's, you know, the cigarettes in your mouth, the foods in your mouth, it's just automatic. And that's why so many smokers, when they give up, gain weight because they are looking for that oral soothing. That's right. And if we can find something else to replace it with, not food, but what they're looking for is something to soothe them. And we seem to think, think that food is the only soother, but that's not true. We soothe ourselves in other ways. It's just not quite as easy or available. So let's go into that a little bit. Um, I know I've got comfort food. Everybody does. The yes. first thing you think of when you're in a, you know, in a bad mood or feeling sick, you go to that thing. Yeah. But what else can we do? Well, portion control is a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and it's sometimes hard. But it is, it is, you can have the food, but you just have to plan around it, right? Um, but there are other things we can do. Like I found after my grandmother passed away, we happened to leave after the funeral for a long planned vacation. And she died suddenly. It wasn't, it wasn't like something we could plan around. And I remember walking around with my husband at our, uh, while we were on vacation, just sort of needing to be led around because it was just so impactful for me to lose my name. And they had this one room that was like a library with games and all the rest of it. And you could check them out. So I found a puzzle and I took it back to our room and I started doing this puzzle and I found it so incredibly soothing because puzzles have rules. Things always fit together. And when you can't when you can't make sense of things, sometimes you need to draw on something that you enjoy that will always make sense. So it may be a game. A, a lot of men do sports because sports have rules. And if you don't follow them, you don't win. And you, sometimes you get penalized, right? Um, artists, if you mix blue and yellow, you're going to get some version of green. It has rules. So Find what works for you if you need rules or if you need no rules. Find what gives you that same sense of peace and utilize it. Some people just need to go out and throw a ball for the dog or go for a walk. I mean, the, the standard things are go get a manicure or talk to a friend or listen to some music. And that's all great if it, if it suits you. If it works. Yeah. But you've got to find what suits you. And we're all different, right? We all have a different fingerprint. Somebody told me our tongues are also different. I didn't know that. <laughs> so if we're that unique in a couple of things about our body, then we have to also recognize we may be unique in what soothes us and what takes care of our hearts. And it takes time, I think, trial and error to figure out which of those things might work for you. You can't yeah. just try one and say, oh, it doesn't work. I'm going to eat because that's all I have. You know, no. Give it another try, shot. Try different things. Yeah. Because that day that we walked in there, 
I had no idea a puzzle would do it for me, but it did because it just struck me. Sometimes we just have to go with our, our gut on those things. Oh, that'd be fun. Let me do that. Find what works. So you've got a number of clients who are in the retirement age zone. Yes. For them, do they come to you for different reasons or as a result of different situations? I'm thinking they've probably gone through their whole life either you know, looking after someone or doing things. And at this point, if, they're, if they've decided they want to get their health in better shape, they're, they're looking for something different, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, you know, I want to be able to crawl around on the floor with my grandchild or great-grandchild. Uh, or I want to be able to go to the park or go for a walk more than, you know, 50 yards. Sometimes it's like, I have given so much to everyone else. This is my turn to look after me. And that's really important. Sometimes they finally have the time and the money to do something. And sometimes, you know, stress is a thing with work, right? (laughs) And when the problem is stress raises our cortisol level, which tends to settle in belly fat. So once you no longer have that stress pushing that situation, then it's like, okay, now I can actually relax and focus on this, not stress myself out over it, but just find what is best to care for me, my body, my heart, my soul. Do you, uh, do you have couples that come in to get help very often, or is it usually just one person or the other? Or, I mean, I, I know that everybody isn't coupled off in their desire to lose weight or get healthy, but I know sometimes when two people retire, maybe they, uh, they're looking for something different and they're discovering that, hey, why am I gaining weight in retirement? Why shouldn't I be losing weight? I have a lot of conversations with husbands along the way, yes. Um, I've only had a few who have actually joined in full tilt, but yeah, I mean, it, it's so helpful if you're on the same page about something. Yeah. Now, typically men are just able to eat more calories than women, okay. which really isn't fair, but <laughs> that goes back to how we think about what we need and a portion someone else can have that we can't. And that's, that's natural, but it's kind of nonsense. I mean, I'm only five foot three. My husband is six, uh, five eleven. So he is, he's got what? Eight inches on me. And each one of those inches will burn more calories than my little body can. <laughs> <laughs> so it's recognizing that it's, you've got to find what works for your body. Um, And it's not that you're being deprived because you can't have as many calories. It's that your body is more efficient on fewer calories. And the only time that's really that soothing is when you're not yet starving, but he is because he's already burned through all of his calories and it's not dinner time yet, or you don't have an opportunity. It's like, I'm not as hungry as him because my body doesn't burn quite so fast. (laughs) You got to find a way to make it fun. (laughs) Yeah. Find a way to make it fun, even the bad stuff. (laughs) 
So when someone comes to you for the first time, what can they expect? Um, on their first visit, we talk about the plan. Um, I now uh, have started using a metabolic assessment um, because I lo actually lost my weight on a low-fat, low-calorie diet, but I was tired, hungry, and cranky all the time. But I thought that was just the way, I mean, again, I'd been doing it for 40 years. I thought that was the way you were supposed to. If you weren't hungry, you weren't losing weight. Um, but what I learned along the way was that, oh, you know what? Our bodies are different. Fingerprints, tongues, that sort of thing. Not all nutrition plans work for everybody. So I took this metabolic assessment and it told me what I should eat. Now I was already at my goal weight. And I lost two pounds that week eating what they told me to eat. And it was, I was never hungry. I was not tired and I was not cranky. God bless my husband. He was so grateful <laughs> for that. Right. <laughs> but we started out with that so that they know what nutrition plan will help them and they can use it or not. I just let them choose whatever, but now they'll have the information of this is how your body works and you can do better on this. Um, so we, we start there. We talk about the plan for the time. I, I have a three-month program. What do they want to accomplish? How will they know when they've accomplished it? What does done look like? And we, we set up the time for meeting together and we get into their story a bit because I need to know where they've been, what they've been doing, what has worked and what hasn't. And usually at some point we get into self-esteem. Because that confidence, if they haven't had it before, it's not going to magically appear because they're not, um, because they're, they've taken my program. Right. So we, we work on that so much more than it. it. It amazes me how much of an epidemic we have in low self-esteem. We've all been beaten up a lot along the way and we've made meaning of it. And sometimes the meaning is, your parents weren't very good at what they were doing. Your teachers were tired. Your, all these other people said things to you and it may not be true. And that's the hardest thing to learn <clears throat> is that just because yes. someone says it to you doesn't mean it's true. Absolutely. Kind and of sometimes like I saw it's... it on Facebook, so it's gotta be right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> just because they said it, they may have said it in anger or frustration and you caught it, but you may not have deserved it. And let's get you free of that. Right. So that's probably the hardest part of the, uh, of the whole journey for a lot of people. Yeah, because we all carry a lot of baggage with us and we've been dragging it with, with us for decades. And what I like to do is kind of unpack all of that stuff that you no longer need. It may be a limiting belief. It may be emotional wounds or it may be trauma. It doesn't have to be, but I like to try to take that stuff out. Just like at the end of a, of a, a trip, you unpack the suitcase and all the flotsam and jetsam that's in the bottom of there. You've got all those receipts and pieces of paper and gimme things. You got to take those out so that you can repack for the journey you want to be on rather than the one you fell into. Oh, that's and, a great image. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you've got to be able to pack your own bag. 
for the life you want. And it's not until we unpack the other stuff that we've got room for it. So yes, I would say that the emotional section is the hardest, but also the most freeing because they don't have to be in that pain anymore. And I mentioned your TED talk and I'll make sure that there's a link to that in the show notes so people can go and watch it. Um, You've also written a book. Can you tell us a little Mm -hmm. bit about your book? Uh, The book is called What's Really Eating You? Overcome the Triggers of Comfort Eating. And it's basically my process of how I worked through it. There are lots of stories in there because stories are good illustration, but you know, it's, it's just a primer to how I work. And you can, there are questions at the end of each chapter. You could, you can do it yourself if you want to. Okay. And you, uh, you mentioned that you've got a gift that people can, uh, can get if they go to your website. Sure. And that's packyourownbag.com slash friends. And it's a, um, it's a video exercise called the compass. And it walks you through setting a goal and staying on track toward that goal. Oh, nice. I'll make sure that the yeah. link is there for that as well. Good. And you said your, your website is packyourownbag.com. Yes. Um, and you're also available on Facebook and on Instagram. Yes. Both at Pack Your Own Bag. Awesome. Seems to be the where everybody is going these days. Instagram seems to yes. be the place. Yeah, I heard someone say um, Facebook is for day to day keeping up with things. Instagram is like where you're having a party. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I haven't made it to the party yet. <laughs> oh. So I'm really glad that you've joined me today, and I'm hoping that maybe before we wind up, you can come up with maybe one little gem of something to in- encourage people, encourage the listeners in their own journey if, if yo-yo dieting seems to be something that they're, uh, that they're troubled with. Well, I have this acronym that I use, and I say, it's not hard to overcome emotional eating. You just have to get the hang of it. So hang is the acronym and the H is, am I hungry? And if you're hungry, you may need something to eat. But if you're not, the A is, what is the attraction to food? In that moment, what is drawing you there? And then the N is, what is it that I actually need in this moment other than food? And then the G is go, go get that because that will soothe you more than food ever could. That's great. I like that. Hang. Thank you. I'll remember that. And I will put that in the show notes as well to make sure Terrific. everybody's got it. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me today. I'm really glad that you came on. And I think that the information that you've given and your book for sure will help a lot of people. Thank you very much. And that's it for this episode of Beyond Retirement. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. I hope you enjoyed it. To check out the video interviews, please go to my YouTube channel at bit.ly forward slash beyond retirement. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash beyond retirement. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss any new episodes.